I'm Ryan. Um, this definitely wasn't planned. Uh, I'm also the speaker uh, coordinator, and our speaker couldn't make it. He was coming from Redlands, and um, so here I am, and uh, Topher will be after me. And um, the one thing I knew, though, like, is yesterday I started thinking, and I was like, shit, like, what happens if our speaker can't show? And, like, um, what I've learned this time around, what I've been taught this time around is, like, the meeting has to go on, right? So we had to figure out something. I had to be prepared. And because uh, the message had to be carried, because um, that's what it's about. Um, there's newcomers here, and, and and I never really understood that thing. Um, all the years I was around this program, like how important it is, uh, the service end of things, the being here for an alcoholic in need. Uh, it's not about me, right? Uh, all those years, I always thought it was about me. Uh, I, I came in and out of this program from. When I was 20 years old, I'm about to be 35. And uh, I have, what, 15 months this time around? I've had years in the past, and I'll tell you this, like these 15 months of far more sobriety than I ever had in all the, all the time before. I always gravitated towards the, the cash and prizes people in these rooms. Not necessarily the people that had uh, were spiritually fit. I wanted to get sober when I was young. I wanted to get a job. I wanted to go back to school. I wanted everyone to get off my back. I mean, I wanted life to be better too, right? And and I do believe at that point, at like each and every point, I was done at that time. But uh, it's like this cycle where it would always become about me and I never really broke that selfishness self-centeredness it was always about Ryan 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 how can I serve Ryan how is Ryan a victim this time what's happened to Ryan what's happening to Ryan not not what I'm not not like the part that I played and um I was I was at work today and on the way home I was called my parents and talked to them and I was talking to them for like 45 minutes and it's pretty cool because I'm going to go home next week for the first time this time around. And the last time I left their house, I was asked to leave politely. Um, it was about last March. And I remember I came home from therapy because I was in that mode where like I was chugging vodka all day long every day, but I was going to therapy, you know, um, <laughs> Three times a week. It was going to work this time. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm in therapy. I remember I was in therapy and I, I used to have this like shaker, like water bottle for like protein powder and it'd be full of vodka and I'd be in therapy drinking vodka, telling the therapist who was a former alcoholic with like 17 or 18 years sober like that. I'm not drinking. Um, my dad also went to this therapist. So like, it was a whole big ploy to like keep everyone off my back and keep that drinking going. And, and the truth of the matter was, is I was once again in that pit of selfishness and self-centeredness where it was all about me. I, in December, I'd went to Italy. My kids live in Italy. Because due to my addiction, which I can say now today, my 
kids ended up in another country. Um, they have a wonderful life there and I'm happy they're there. That's a story for not a meeting, but I went to visit them in December and I came and I came home and back up while I was there. I fell down the stairs in our rental house and broke my ankle. I was sober. Um, I was on a shit ton of Kratom, but I was sober. <laughs> um, Cause I have to have something to change the way I feel. There's like no chance I'm going to go to Italy and like play this sober part and not have something to keep me right. You know, I had to have something. I also had like a prescription of Xanax and all this stuff, but I, you know, I lie to myself that I'm sober and that's years of in this program. And I believe I'm sober, you know, and I'm telling everyone I'm sober. And, um, more of the story is I fell on the stairs, I break my ankle in Italy. Thank God I'm a citizen. So I had healthcare. So I get everything get a cast, come home. And I'm like, I'm going to stay with my parents for a while because I have a broken ankle. And um, I had lived in New York City at the time in Queens and I had a basement apartment and it was a pain in the neck to get down the stairs. So I was like, I live with my parents. Long story short, it's March. And since I got home in January, I have been walking to this liquor store down the street from my parents' house. I have handle after handle underneath my bed in my parents' house. And um, to get back to the point, I come back home from therapy that day. And this is when, like, you know, shit just hit the fan to a certain degree. And uh, all the bottles of vodka are sitting on the table. And my dad's my dad's working from home. And he's just like, you need to leave, you know. And um, I didn't even fight it, right? Because, like, I was like, I'm not getting sober. And I still had my apartment in New York. So I was like, all right, take me to the bus. So I got on the bus and I went back to Queens and sat in that basement apartment and drank some more. And um, I was dying this time around because I'd been, I'd had my opiates days. I'd had, I, I mean, I've been through all of that stuff. And this time around, it was just straight vodka all the time. And I, and I couldn't stop. And um, I got out here to Southern California in, in May and I, won't say that I like hit the ground running. I, I was not sure of what I wanted. All I knew was like at that point, it wasn't even like I was like spiritually broken or anything. It was like I was physically broken, you know, that waking up in the morning and those dry heaves and like trying to choke down vodka and the pain in my kidneys. And I was just, I, I just wanted that stuff to go away. So that's really the reason why I stepped into rehab. And um, I remember when I got out of here, like the first thing I did is when I got to the detox house, I went and I like I had all my pills in my pocket. I went in the backyard and I hid them in the backyard because that's what I do. Right. I always leave myself a way out. I'm not quite sure if I'm going to go through with this thing. And um, it took me a couple of weeks to get rid of those. And actually, it's funny because like three months later, I'm sitting in in um in group and i open up this book that i brought with me and out pops out adderall pills because like this is what i do i always hide and i always leave myself this way out and that's just what i've done for all these years and um it took me about six weeks but i finally had to face the facts of like this was when i kind of faced the facts of like i lost my kids and i lost my marriage and i lost I mean, the marriage was pretty much done either way, but I lost my family, my children, 
to my addiction. You know, I never faced that fact. And uh, when I faced that fact, it was a, it's still something that I have to face every day, right? Because I picked drugs and alcohol over my kids. And I told myself I was a great dad. You know, I provided financially. I can't, you know, I played with them and thank God they were young. And I don't think they'll, hopefully if I stay sober this time, they'll never really know anything about any of this stuff. Um, just that there were some long periods of time that they didn't see me in their younger years. God willing, um, that will be able to be mended at some point because of their, their age. Um, but at, at about six, eight weeks here, I went to a meeting and um, I found my sponsor. Well, he kind of found me slash Christy kind of introduced me. Long story, but uh, I found Topher and I started working the steps and I finally face that fact of like, I've been around this program for so long and I'm either going to like, am I going to shit or get off the pot? And, and, and that was when things started for me out here. And I started to come to this meeting and I can say like, the one thing I'll say to the newcomers is like, you know, having a home group, having your people is so freaking important. Like last week I missed this meeting for, I think this only the second time since I got sober, I was super sick. And coming here every Sunday night, it's like that one staple of my sobriety. Um, I consider this meeting my home group. That's why I think I'm like far more nervous tonight to speak here than I was at Saturday night when I spoke to the 10 minute there. Um, not that like I, I, I cared so much about what, you know, my, what I was going to share, but like this meeting has been really, really, really important to my sobriety. Uh, and I'll just, wrap it up with this like I, i'm super happy that everyone's here I, I went to work today and and we have 17 people and eight of them called out and it was funny because i was thinking about it and i was like and no we weren't prepared for eight people to call out and i was like okay why were we not prepared like anytime there's any sort of event anyone's gonna take you out and stay home that doesn't need the money right and um i'll just say like it's the same thing in AA. If you look around this room, there's probably 60% of who's normally here. And uh, I'm happy to be one of those 60%. That's all I got.